The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and you are listening to the Rough House Podcast. Yeah! The opinions expressed in the Rough House Podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the WWE, Lucha Underground, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, GFW, are they even still a thing? MCW Pro Wrestling, CZW, Nads Flappy Sack, Marvel Studios, Kellogg's, Frisky's Cat Food, Ted Turner, Jameson Irish Whiskey, Fruit of the Loom, Hershey's, Samsung, Amblin Entertainment, Groundskeeper Willie, or the cast and crew of The Walking Dead. Since the dawn of mankind, those in professional wrestling have turned to the Pro Wrestling Podcast to gain insight into how to do their jobs, how to create angles, develop new characters, and create fiery feuds with which to capture an audience's attention. What better group of individuals than basement dwellers on internet purchased microphones to guide the hand of a multi-million dollar industry? We're proud to present one such podcast courtesy of the Realm Network here at the Rough House where black people and white people watch wrestling and Hispanic people too and all people. Hola, mi muchachos. Bienvenidos. Oh, sí. Uh, yeah, bienvenidos yeah. al uh, Casa de Ruffo. <laughs> I was just going to go, yo soy Ruffhouse Podcast. Yes, uh, nosotros somos yeah. el uh, Podcast de Ruffhouse. Yeah. Mi amo es Martín. Uh, salud. Uh, hola. Uh, estoy uh, Cristobal. <laughs> you retained a lot more of your high school Spanish. <laughs> uh, well, I also worked in uh, multiple restaurantes, so ah, that, fair that helped point, me. Fair point. That helped me keep uh, keep a little fresh. And I've also been to Spain twice. España, dos tiempos. You've been to Spain? I have. Yeah. Oh no shit. And Italy. You you are more well traveled than me, Chris. I was a little jet setter in the at the end of high school, beginning of uh of college. There, it was nice. one of those like educational tours with my high school, nice sort of thing, EF tours. Um. So it was like totally guided and structured and stuff like yeah. that. Didn't really, you know, wasn't I wasn't I wasn't lighting the town, painting the town red or anything like that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, saw some of the uh, some of the the culture and uh, had some paellas and some San Miguel's and some uh, you know some good stuff. Yeah, I really didn't start traveling anywhere until my twenties. Like it's it, it, like even as a kid, um, you know the the most we did like when I was very young, we went to Ocean City a few times. Then. Uh, you know, growing up uh, with a one-parent household, travel was not a big thing. But we did do yeah. like, you know, summer trips to amusement parks. So yeah, went to Hershey, Pennsylvania. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother! Um, <laughs> and, Go to Chocolate and, World, get yourself a free Hershey's with almonds. Damn straight. And then uh, wherever um, uh, King's Dominion was, was that Bristow? That is Doswell, Virginia. Doswell, Virginia. Thank you. Yes. Uh, but yeah, then in my 20s, it was just like uh, between the art fight thing and, and doing conventions and all that. I was just yeah. like, oh, okay, going all across the country. And then a few years ago for work, I had to go to Newcastle, England, home of Pine. Yeah, Newcastle upon Tyne. Yes. The River um, Tyne. But yeah, that's uh, it, it, it's just it's funny that I, for really the majority of my life, I barely went anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I uh, for a couple of years there, I was a... Uh, 
theme park enthusiast. Yes. So I would uh, hit up the Bush Gardens. I'd made multiple trips out to uh, Cedar Point in uh, Sandusky, Ohio. Nice. Which is, if you were a fan of roller coasters, that's where you want to go. Yeah. It's about an eight-hour drive, uh, give or take, from uh, the Baltimore metro region. Um, but some of the most amazing coasters in the world there. Uh, yeah. So I was, I've been there probably – uh, four or five maybe six times yeah. um and uh also went to ohio a couple times for rock on the range big festival out there went to worcester mass for the new england metal and hardcore fest once that was a good time nice. um yeah that's uh I, I don't do too much on the on the fun travel these days um right. and not even the work travel anymore at this point so yeah, you're not making as many tens as you used to brother Cheers to me not having to go to Alabama currently. That's fair. That's fair. Cheers. Yes. Fuck Alabama. Yeah. I I very much enjoy uh, amusement parks myself, but uh, I just did mental math, and the last time I went to one was 10 years ago, which makes me Holy balls. ask the question out loud, does that mean I actually like amusement parks? Or... <laughs> I don't know. I, I just – and it, it's a, a shitty excuse. It's just like usually my summers are filled with you know doing shows and working conventions yeah. and all that. So the idea of like, oh, I will take a weekend to do a thing. Although we've, uh, my wife and I have had a regular conversation that I don't understand how to vacation well. Like – I'm not very good at telling myself I should take a week and go somewhere or do yeah. nothing work related. I'm very bad at doing that. I'm very good at sitting around doing nothing. That's one of my <laughs> that's one of my strong suits. It's uh it's a gift. What can I say? I was blessed. Well, uh this I, week this week Chris, if anything, was a week to sit around and watch a lot of pro wrestling. And yes. Even if you like Chris and I have very much started to do ignored raw and SmackDown. Um, There was three new Japan shows this week, uh, Mm -hmm. or at least since we last recorded, there've been three. Uh, uh, Oh yes. That's true. Yeah. The the, the U S special. Um, You had great American bash. Mm -hmm. You had the first week of fighter fest. There was a Mm -hmm. lot of pro res to take in. There's Uh, dark. If you watch dark. Yeah, that's true. There was, Impact, mm-hmm. if you watch Impact. If that's a thing that you care about, and you yeah. are kind of squicked out by the number of gross people that are still on their TV while they just try to get past it. Um, they still have Jordan Grace. That's all that they counts. They do. They do. They do. And, and, and Taya. And credit, where credit is due, they have cut out, you know, uh, Joseph Q. Ryan and uh, uh, yeah. Michael Herbert Elgin. A lot of that. <laughs> A lot of the more ickier, uh, yes. ickier people. Herbert, man, <laughs> that's so yeah. funny. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, my, my, Mike Elgin decided to take the uh, Mike Quackenbush stance and post a ten-minute-long video addressing oh, allegations God. one by one. Now, here's the difference, though. <laughs> uh, Elgin, as opposed to Quackenbush, who clearly was on a set in the studio and all mm-hmm. that he normally used for his vlogging, uh, Elgin filmed it in his pickup truck with a big fat lip of tobacco. Of course he did. And if there's anything I want more than to listen to Michael Elgin talk for 10 minutes is for to listen to Michael Elgin talk for 10 minutes with some fucking chew. That's yeah. gross. Yeah. Uh, super gross. I, I know much like a uh, quack and bush. I noped out like 30 seconds and I was like, no, I, I didn't good. even click. Yeah. I didn't I'm, even give him the satisfaction of my smarter click. man than I. Oh, and right. uh, I just, I feel like I should bring it up because uh, I was looking at gifts from it this morning. Also this weekend had, uh, the GCW, um, backyard oh, wrestling yeah. two show, which looked like the most ridiculous fucking thing ever. It's kind of their gimmick, yes. so good yeah. on them. The The show literally ended with uh, someone being exploded with fireworks. Yeah. 
They, they, they right. set up a guy on a chair covered in fireworks and lit them all off. That was the end of the show. That sounds like a terrible idea. It looked awesome. I'll give him that. <laughs> well, I'm sure it did. <laughs> I, uh, but you know, for the uh, for the triage nurse who has to tend yeah. to uh, the third degree burns on said person's body, that's a uh, so you're not going to have a good time. Yeah, not as great, not as good. Uh, but uh, Chris, do you want to just uh, make this an episode? Oh, uh, heads up, folks uh, who do follow us on it. No uh, Patreon episode this week. That's on me. I got family shit. Son of a bitch. Yeah, my apologies. We'll be back with uh, with more uh, uh, Rough House Divided next week. Uh, and if you have not already joined the Patreon, let me tell you, I, I think the the Divided episodes are super fun, and I highly I love recommend them. Um, a bit of movie trivia and then a movie draft. It's super yeah. fun. It's a great time. We highly Which recommend to, you to recap it. last week's, just uh, in case so you guys know what you missed. Uh, in the trivia round, I won four out of five questions. I got four correct. Marty got three correct. So I won the first round. Mm-hmm. In the draft, uh, our theme was adventure movies. Mm-hmm. Um, Marty chose Raiders of the Lost Ark. The Mummy, the 1999 Brendan Fraser version, uh, The Princess Bride, Pirates of the Caribbean, Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl, and Gladiator. I chose Jurassic Park, Return of the King, The Empire Strikes Back, The Fifth Element, and The Last Crusade, and I got my ass kicked. Uh, 65 to 35, I think, was uh, around the, uh, the votage there on the Twitter. I'm legitimately shocked. I thought I had this one in the bag. But uh, yeah. you pulled it out, my friend. I'm, yeah. I don't know if it was the mummy. I don't know if it was pirate. I don't know what did it for you. Yeah, I'm not sure either. But you know what? Uh, thank you, dear listeners, for, uh, for, for giving me the nod here. I, I very much appreciate it. So, uh, Chris, we had three days of New Japan Cup action as we inch ever closer to the return in front of fans uh, literally a, a week from tomorrow, or a week from yesterday, rather. Um, July 11th, uh, mm-hmm. the Osaka Joe Hall, uh, we will have the New Japan Cup Finals. And then uh, a week from today, uh, on the 12th, we will have uh, Dominion 2020 uh, completely in front of fans. Again, Osaka Joe Hall. Uh, as the winner of the New Japan Cup will face uh, Tatsuya Naito for the IWGP double titles. It's very exciting. It's very cool. And we had three nights of some pretty damn good wrestling along the way. Um, The first one, which was on July the 1st, uh, that was night number six. We had our second round matches, again, at an empty Kirk Hall. Uh, We had, uh, let's just run through them here, Chris, and Mm -hmm, if we want to go into our thoughts, we can. It kicked off with what I called the Rough House Special. It was Yoshihashi against Bushi. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) This was a match. Even ten minutes long, it felt too long. Yeah, it really did. I just can't give a fuck about either one of those guys. Yeah, Uh, Yoshihashi ended up uh, going over, although it looked like, as was confirmed later in the week, that Yoshihashi had hurt his knee in this match. That was a brutal spot. Um, so it was. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Is something running into the corner, or yeah, uh, I think he was went, running into the corner, and Bushi jumped off of um, the turnbuckle onto him, or something. Yeah, yeah. He, he, there was a block of the charge, and what happened was Yoshihashi slid, and planted his feet, and his knee just 
It was shit. ugly. Because yeah. I, I spotted it. I was like, ooh, I did the old cringe face there. And uh, he was, I mean, he was able to finish the match. So I guess props to Yoshihashi, which, you know, first time you got to say that at some point in your life. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, it was, it was, it was nasty. Um, I would imagine that didn't affect the outcome that that was still kind of the planned uh, situation there. So, uh, yeah. well, I guess because he won. So, yeah, it wouldn't have. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, it was a match. Bushi, yeah, and he was against Bushi. So, you know, yes. Yes, Bucci got a win earlier on in the tournament. Because... Against Sho, which yeah. still oh, makes zero fucking yo. sense to me. Oh, yo, I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 Who beat Sho? Sonata beat Sho. Yes, because that was the match that followed after that. that. So okay. Sonata yes. versus Sho, which uh, I thought was decent, not as great as I would have wanted it to be. And and this actually kind of has uh, Sonata's run in New Japan Cup has sort of uh, spawned a conversation between the two of us, uh, which I think mm-hmm. is. Uh, worth getting into here, which is uh, Sonata may be New Japan's Randy Orton. It, Man, he yeah. it, it was not firing for me. Any of the Sonata matches in the cup, yeah. um, it was just it. I don't know, and I said this is what I said. I don't know if it's like a, a Randy Orton situation where he only works if he's motivated, and he's certainly not motivated currently, uh, judging by the performances he's put in. It just there's zero uh, expression in his face. He's just kind of going through the motions, and it's not really fun yeah, to watch. Yeah, uh, basically, um, he he can be very sterile when he's not excited yeah. uh, about his own uh, matches and. Um, I don't know if it's because he knew, uh, spoiler, 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 that he wasn't going to be in the finals and, and what have you. But uh, there's definitely a point where you got a bit more of a sandbaggy Sonata. And um, yeah. especially going against a guy like Sho, who has shown so much potential in this tournament. It was definitely a bummer to be like, oh, OK, well, you know, you got Sho busting his ass and Sonata just kind of, you know, just just playing through. He's just. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know what the plans are for Evil and Sonata going forward, because you know yeah. if we're if we're skipping ahead here, um, just because we're talking about Sonata, the uh, semi quarter semi semifinals semifinals. Yeah. Uh, I don't do math in my head very well. Um, was Evil versus Sonata, and man, Sonata got his ass kicked, uh, which I'm yeah. sure was the plan, but um, Evil was just a total prick to his tag team partner, like really yes. brought busted out some brutal shit. Yes. Um, so between Sonata's performances, which, you know, makes me think of his mindset that matched with evil and how it panned out. Maybe Sonata's days in LIJ are numbered. Um, maybe well, he's going to, he's going to break out or maybe evil's going to, you know, break yeah. out and do something. I'm not sure. Cause if you look at it, you know, evil, Again, we're jumping around, but it's just for five minutes. Uh, Evil's yeah. in the finals. So, um, you know, there's a yeah. chance uh, he could he could go on to face Naito for the two belts mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. Dominion a week from today. Uh, and that could cause a big rift in the Los Ingobernables. So, yeah, it's it's definitely interesting the way they did that. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. There's definitely been some hints and teases over the past few months of evil not necessarily being on the same page as the rest of LIJ. Uh, and it's interesting because uh, whether uh, we recognize it in the moment or, or not, uh, Chris, you and I were there for the birth of the evil push when he uh, when he went over in that big tag match in New York last year, last fall. Mm. And it was this big shock of, you know, evil pinning. I think he pinned Ibushi. Uh, yeah, and, that's right. And, you know, 
he's been um, he's been sort of you know piling on the wins and also showing showing a bit more of a mean streak. Uh, yeah. I am definitely thinking again, spoiling you know where we're going here. Uh, I do think Evil might be going over in the finals, and we might have an Evil Nido main event at uh, at Dominion this year. If that's the case, why would you have? I mean, I guess to sow the the seeds of that more with a match against Sonata. Yeah. But if you're also trying to make a star at a show, why wouldn't you have put? Or yeah, why wouldn't you have put Show over Sonata? And then you know have Show put up a good showing against Evil, and then yeah. that way you know yeah. as. I get the drama between Evil and Sonata, but Sonata phoned it in again, so I didn't really get. There was no heartbreak or anything. Right, there was right. he was expressionless. There was yeah. there was nothing from the guy. He sold because a lot of the shit he took looked super painful, yes. but at the same time, there really wasn't anything you know emotion wise in in Sonata's weird uh, facial haired face. No disagreement here. Uh, but let's just be happy that the piss beard is not in full effect anymore. Yet. Fair point. Um, the uh, New Japan Cup second round continued on July the 1st with Taichi versus Kota Ibushi. And this one was just filled with head drops. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to I'm trying to think back to this one. Yeah, this one, <laughs> you know, it's it's the Ibushi MO at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, New Japan where next go to die, yes. uh, essentially. Yes. Oh, and uh, Christ, speaking of uh, head drops and next going to die, at one point, to go back to the evil Sonata match, Sonata tried a slice bread and landed fucking yes, straight. Directly on top, on the of, top the of his head, yes. which looked fucking terrible. Yeah. Yeah, um, did not look great for anybody. Um, but Tai Chi is getting some shine this tournament. Um, yeah, yeah, you know he beat who? He beat Tana, mm-hmm. I think earlier he, on, and he beat Ibushi here. And then he beat Ibushi, so yeah. it looks like we're going to be getting probably a Dominion. Have they announced this yet? Um, uh, a tag title match? They did announce it for Dominion. Okay. Um, uh, as it will be uh, Ibushi and Tanahashi defending the IWGP tag team titles against Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. Yeah. Um, they've been hinting toward that all tournament long, so mm-hmm. it, it's not a huge shock, but no. Taichi getting some you know very clear victories is uh, a, a major surprise. Um, and then the main event on July 1st was a damn fine match between Evil and Hiroki Goto. Uh, yeah. Th- these two guys... They always mix it up well, and uh, I, I think we even talked about last week how we were looking forward to seeing them mix it up. Uh, they beat the hell out of each other, but Evil, again, showing excuse me, some hints of uh, a change in personality, was uh, cheating a bit in there. He was not afraid yeah. to cheat a bit, and uh, Evil ended up beating Goto uh, because Goto will forever be the bridesmaid and never the bride. <laughs> At this point, Sonata, you can put right up there with him, it <laughs> yeah. looks like. Fair point, fair point. Um uh, and then on July 2nd, uh, we continued on this time with the quarterfinals as it kicked off with a damn fine match between Hiromu Takahashi and Tamahiro Ishii. Man. Mm. Uh, so goddamn good. That match uh, was fantastic. Uh, I, that, that, was, that was everything I needed and wanted uh, out of uh, a match between those two. But there was just enough where I want to see more matches between them. It wasn't like yeah. they blew through all the spots. The thing that was most surprising to me was, you know, just getting into um, the the match itself. I didn't realize, I know Ishii is kind of a squat dude. You know, he's, yeah. 
He comes from the Taz style of uh, bodybuilding, which is always be a square, always be a square. Yeah. Um, Hiromu is about the same size, if not slightly taller than Ishii. And yeah. Hiromu, since coming back from his neck injury, has put on a little bulk. Mm-hmm. So it's like Hiromu could go heavyweight if he wanted to. It would not be that bizarre. Yeah, at this point, it would kind of destroy the junior division because the yeah, junior that's, division that's is, is lacking uh, a fair amount right now with Billy O'Spray still being quarantined in the jolly old UK. Um, you know, you've lost Kushida over the past couple of years. And, um, you know, you have Sho and Yo, but they're pretty much tied up in the tag division. Um, so, yeah, you definitely need, uh, you know, you got Dragon Lee when he can come in. You got Ishimori there, too. But, you know. There's a, a lack of uh, depth in the junior division. So yeah. I think as Hiromu showed that he could go heavy, I don't think it's uh, something that's going to happen uh, anytime soon. Right. But it was nice to see. Yes. Uh, all in all, just a damn fine, damn fine match between the two these two guys. Highly recommend, again, if you are sort of picking and choosing what you watch based off of yeah. uh, what we recommend. Highly recommend this one. And it was the opener of the show. Yeah, and an upset, too, because, yeah. you know, on paper, you would think that Ishii would, you know, find a way to do this. But no, Hiromu, uh, Hiromu pulled it out, man. It was it was uh, it was a, a welcome shock. And I tried um, to avoid spoilers because I didn't get to watch these until Friday and Saturday, uh, which is hard on wrestling Twitter uh, yes. <laughs> to avoid spoilers. Yes. But um, that one was a, a very pleasant shock. And again, also a shock that it opened the show. Cause I don't think the show reached that height again uh, yeah. for me at least. Yeah. Um, so then uh, evil had a very, very quick match with Yoshihashi basically to eliminate Yoshihashi from the tournament. Uh, it ran just a few minutes um evil uh attacking yoshihashi attacking the knee with the chair yeah um and uh locked in a scorpion death lock uh yoshihashi did not give up the ref threw it out um evil continuing on in the tournament which you wonder if that was an audible thrown because of the uh the injury the tweak to yoshihashi's right. the day prior um even so it worked it was effective in you know making evil this evil motherfucker who's yes. just plowing through people here so it worked yes 100 percent agreed then we had a, a, a match that was definitely a surprise given um their very different power levels in new japan uh, Okada going over Taji Ishimori in what was a bit more even of a match than I expected. Yeah, thanks Okada for, you know, letting uh, Ishimori get a shin it a little bit. Um, yes. It was nice to see because it had been kind of an, an underwhelming tournament for Ishimori despite yeah. picking up a couple of W's in there. So he finally got a chance to, to shine, um, you know, against the top guy. Or a top guy. I mean, yeah. let's be honest. Okada's still the top guy. Uh, he's just not the champion right now. <laughs> right, right. Um, but yeah, I just, I, this is the Ishimori I love because he really was able to bust out that explosiveness that he mm-hmm. has. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not quite as quick as that one Dragon Gate guy that is uh, Quickie Make. Uh, <laughs> Quickie Make Japan. Quickie Make Asian. Yeah, uh, Quickie yes. Make Japan. Yes. <laughs> what was that guy's name? Uh, that that is uh, Masato Yoshino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love. I love. Have, have those two ever fought? Um, ever a match? You know, I don't know if they've had a match against each other. Uh, because um, Ishimori was Noah, right? Uh, Ishimori was well, Noah. He was. He was one of the last. 
uh, Tormon trainees before Tormon became Dragon Gate. Um, okay. So there's a chance that they crossed paths, <laughs> but I can't recall if they did. I, I I'd have to look back because it feels like a an appropriate matchup and and um, yeah. Ishimori was supposed to be like you know the the leader of that generation, but that generation kind of got lost with the whole uh, Ultimo and Dragon Gate split, which ran mm. all the way through to last year. Um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that that's actually how Ishimori ended up in Noah because um, you know he had nowhere else to go. <laughs> well, so you know, his path to where he is now it got him here. So that, oh, yeah, that's so, good. And the match, you know. The match was good. Like I said, I was happy to see Ishimori actually be the Ishimori that I enjoy. And Okada, man, they're really, uh, really putting over that uh, that finisher there. Yeah, uh, yeah, the the Cobra Clutch esque uh, yeah. submission. It's not, it's, wasn't the Million Dollar Dream similar? Yes, uh, it is very similar to that. Yeah, that's that's what I thought of when I when I saw it. But I was like, okay, nobody's Million really done that dream, in a while. If you will. Million Yen Dream. Yes. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and then the main event was Sonata and Tai Chi. Um, as we said about Sonata, again, clearly not uh, 100% there all of the time. I remember uh, nothing about this match, yeah. and I watched it two days ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, long and short, Sonata went over as we talked about. And then uh, on the third, on Friday, we had the semifinals. And what's notable about this was the semifinals were actually aired in prime time in Japan. So, uh, oh, were they? Yeah, they're getting some uh, some f- some better coverage now that New Japan's grown back into being, you know, kind of a a superpower in sports. Good for them. Um, yeah. I only watched the tournament matches. I didn't watch yes. any of the tags. So we talked about Evil and Sonata, but the main event of the evening was uh, a very, very good match between Kazuchika Okada and Hiromu Takahashi. Um, yeah. Takahashi clearly recognized, holy fucking shit, I'm in the ring with Okada. I'm going to throw everything at this match. And yeah. uh, it, it, it definitely paid off. Uh, I don't know how or when we get to see this match again, but I want it to happen very badly. Yeah, no, I'm 100% with you. Um, you know, he definitely rose to the occasion. And again, credit to Okada for, you know, being okay with it. You know, I'm, yeah. sur- I'm sure at this point in his career, he could just tell Gato, no, I don't want to go 25 right. with right. this guy. Right. But, you know, he did. And it was great. And I still think I enjoyed the Ishii match a little bit more with mm-hmm. uh, Takahashi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think that's also more toward our tastes. Yeah, no, you're, yeah. you're right. I think if I'm going my favorites of the tournament so far, I think obviously I'm very biased towards Shingo. So I'm going Shingo show as my favorite so far. And then Hiromu Ishii, then Hiromu Okada as my top three of the tourney so far. Yeah. Yeah. Shingo show, I I think is my, my favorite of the tournament just because I didn't expect it to be as good as it was. And we talked many times that that is, that is like a thing that puts a match over the top for me coming from, you know, lowered expectations. So but yeah. I mean, it was a damn fine tournament, all things considered, especially without a crowd. I can only imagine how great some of these matches would have played out with a crowd. Uh, yeah. Also, during that uh, New Japan Cup uh, show on Friday, uh, it was night eight. Uh, we had the return of Harai Quado, the young lion. He Stop is, the reactor, Quaid. He is. <laughs> he is the grandmaster, and his name is Master Watto. It's a terrible fucking name. I was expecting dude to grab the mic and just go, Ani! Yeah, Ani! 
<laughs> uh, I was like, you're gonna have to trade uh, trade some parts from your ship to to get him into a match or something like that. Uh, yeah, that's uh, it was not a good look. It's not uh, a good look because physically it, and with the name, the blue hair, the blue hair, the blue gear. I don't necessarily hate the blue hair. The gear looks, the gear with the hair looks real cheese ball. It doesn't yeah. help also that his face, he looked completely lost. And then they just had him get beat down with a pipe by Dookie. Yeah, Dookie. <laughs> it feels more appropriate in this instance to call him Dookie. <laughs> you know, Dookie. Yeah. Uh, who is literally like the lowest of the low characters in the New Japan roster. Like... I don't well, yeah, think I mean, there's anybody only, lower than Dowkey. Uh, he only came in as like a replacement in the G1, yeah. or was it Best of uh, Super Juniors? Best of Super Juniors, he replaced uh, El Desperado. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, th- that's that's not a good look for your debut, bro. I know you no. got to work your way up a ladder after Excursion, but yeah, it doesn't get any lower than Doki. Yeah, so so far, this is what we're looking at for the two nights in Osaka Joe Hall. On July 11th, uh, we will be um, uh, having the New Japan Cup Finals. Uh, we got Togi Makabe and Tomaki Hanma versus Yoda Suji and, the, and Yuya Amura. That's Pass. your... Yeah, that's your standard New Japan Dads versus Young <laughs> yeah. Lions match. We got uh, Tenzan and Kojima reteaming, uh, going against Goto and Gabriel Kidd. Actually has it has some potential to be fun, but yeah, not yeah. interested. Uh, Master Wado versus Dowkey. Yeah, no, I'm good. Not, you know what? I, I'll check it out just to see what this kid's all about. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, Sonata and Bushi versus Yujiro Takahashi and Taji Ishimori. Yeah, okay. Uh, Tanahashi, Ibushi, Nagata, and Taguchi versus Taichi, Zack Sabre Jr., Suzuki, and El Desperado. Sure, it'll be the same as any other tag match we've gotten the past two weeks. Yes. Naito, Shingo, Hiromu, uh, they're going to be going against Ishii Sho and Toro Yano. And, okay, that one I'm in for. Yeah, that should be really fun. And then the uh, New Japan Cup finals of Kazuchika Okada versus Evil. I would not be shocked if Okada wins the whole thing, but I really think it's going to be evil. Yeah, I mean, it would make more sense for it to be evil with, you know, LIJ having all these titles and uh, winning all these accolades and all the infighting or whatever. You know, Okada won last year, but, you know, Okada is also the top guy. So, you know, if you're coming back from a three, four month long hiatus and you're trying to get some eyes back on your product, having the, uh, you know, the handsome golden boy being uh, crowned New Japan Cup winner isn't the worst idea in the world, as opposed to the super extra eyeliner approved uh, evil. Yes. Uh, What I will say is um, Okada's uh, current gear since he's had since uh, Wrestle Kingdom yeah, uh, kind of got ruined for me because someone pointed out his jacket looks like a uh, big cup of noodles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, Wasn't that the intention of it? Uh, you know what? If it was, I didn't realize it at the time. As, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, that looks like a big cup of noodles. I was like, <laughs> All right, good on you, Okada. No, I, 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 that makes me like it even more. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, for Dominion, uh, we have three matches announced so far. Uh, Naito, of course, defending the double titles against the winner of Okada and Evil. We're going to have a rematch, this time for the Never Openweight Championship. It's going to be Shingo Takagi versus Sho. Yes. Real excited because this time it gets to be in front of a crowd. And you know what? I wouldn't be shocked if Sho wins. Uh, 
and the aforementioned tag title match with uh, Tanahashi and Ibushi defending against Zack Sabre Jr. and Taichi. So there's a chance that Evil walks out triple champ because he's still a never trio. Uh, yes. Champ. Is, yes. is he not? He is uh, a member of the trio's champions because it's him, Bushi and Shingo. Shingo, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Sonata's got nothing. Yeah, Sonata is the member of Lij yeah. without gold. Yeah, because Hiromu's a junior champ. Shingo's double champ with the never singles and uh, trios. When Bushi has a belt and you don't, man, yeah. that's not a yeah, good look for it's, you, Sonata. It, 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 it's a tough time to be Sonata. <laughs> maybe, maybe he can go visit his buddies in the Offspring, and everything will be all right. <laughs> Which was the weirdest thing ever. It's yes. outstanding. Yes, he's pretty fly for a uh, Asian, Asian guy. guy yeah yeah <laughs> be really careful how i phrase that right yes <laughs> anyway though the week in wwe for the most part was relatively quiet um you know yes there are things like smackdown drawing the lowest ratings it's ever had more of the issues with uh um the covid, COVID including yeah. WWE now fining people for not wearing masks, which which is hysterical, which I'm just going to say is how bad were those test results that they're now fining people for not wearing masks. Um, And uh, a new innovation in WWE storytelling. A double contract signing. That's right. Monday Night on Raw. They had both contract signings at the same time. Oh, I'm sure that was super fun and easy to follow and not. Oh, a it turned fuck. into a gigantic clusterfuck with everybody. Okay. Anyway. Uh, so, wait, what are the matches? What were the matches uh, that were being signed? Uh, Nia Jax versus Asuka and okay. Dolph Ziggler versus Drew McIntyre. <laughs> okay. I still can't do nothing but laugh at that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes, we are risking people's lives for a Dolph Ziggler match. Man. Man, Drew McIntyre got dealt a shit hand. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. And you know what? There's part of me that thinks that Drew versus Dolph could be fun if Dolph <clears> just <throat> plays, you know, human ping pong ball off of uh, yeah. off of his um, Claymore kicks. Um, but I have a feeling it's going to instead be, you know, a Dolph Ziggler 25-minute classic where he just oversells everything and isn't quite as fun. Tries the zigzag uh, 15 times, yeah. hits it once, then the kick out at one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Who cares? Yes. But on the NXT side of things, it was week one of the Great American Bash, an event Damn. that they planned from day one and not at all oh, yeah. as an attempt to counteract Fighter Fest. Um, it was on the calendar since last July. Yes, yes. Uh, as evidenced by the fact that the banners were definitely the old Great American Bash banners from the WWE pay-per-views with a well-placed NXT sticker. Uh-huh. Anyway, uh, it was actually a pretty fun show. I know, Chris, you said you uh, did not get to watch it, so I'm just going to go over the highlights and, and, and talk about them real quick. Uh, Tegan Knox won the Fatal 4-Way Elimination match over Dakota Kai, Mia Yim, and Candice LeRae. Uh, this was kind of the NXT standard 4-Way of all killer, no filler. Everybody hits mm-hmm. their spots. Everybody looks good. And uh, Knox ended up pinning Dakota Kai with the shiniest wizard, again, putting a nail into that coffin. <laughs> That's a lot of nails in that coffin. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, Damian Priest cut a promo on Cameron Grimes, asking for a rematch. 
Um, we had Timothy Thatcher versus Oni Lorcan. Thatcher oh, I went forgot over. about that. How it was, was that? Really fucking good. Uh, really snug. Like this. This is our shit, Chris. This is dudes right. just beating the fuck out of each other and grappling. I can almost guarantee it was cut from the Hulu cut, though. Yeah, unfor- well, you know what? We'll we'll figure out some things. I'll, I'll point yeah. you. Yar is what I will say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Rhea Ripley submitted both Aaliyah and Robert Stone. Uh, Robert Stone did a fantastic Mark Marrow cosplay, if you're at all interested. Yeah. Not good. Did also- Rhea Ripley uh, powerbomb him like Sable did Mark Marrow? Because <laughs> if not, that's a missed opportunity. I don't recall a powerbomb, but she did uh, do a double suplex on both of them. Okay. Um, uh,. But, yeah, speaking of a snooze, uh, Dexter Loomis defeated Roddy Strong. This went way too long, and my understanding later is it went as long as it did because Roddy was trying to make Dexter Loomis look good. Okay, I mean, thanks, Roddy, but no thanks, Roddy, I guess. So uh, Candice LeRae and Johnny Gargano were having an interview backstage. This this part, I think, is going to get you excited. Uh, Candice LeRae, Johnny Gargano were being interviewed backstage. LeRae storms away to get into a fight with Mia Yim because Mia Yim was also backstage. So that's still a thing. But while that is happening, uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott pops up to try to break up the fight and Johnny Gargano got in his face. So it looks like we're getting a Swerve Gargano program, which could be real fucking good. Okay. All right. Uh, I like me some Swerve. I'm in on that. I'll give Johnny another chance. Kind of Johnny Dowd at this point, but all right. Yeah. Uh, we had the El Legado del Fantasma group come out, which I swear is not a, a reference to Los Ingobernables. Not at all. No. Uh, they cut a promo. It was really just about Drake Maverick and a neck brace running out and getting in their face and challenging them to a six-man tag uh, next week. As For the second half of Great American Bash, it'll be Brazongo and Drake Maverick against El Legado del Fantasma. <laughs> Okay, I mean, you know, you throw Brazongo into anything and I'm going to have some interest, so. Yes. Way to go. Yeah. Um, also announced for next week, Mia Yim, Candice LeRae in a street fight. Oh, in the most dangerous streets known to man outside yes, of Full yes, Sail? Yes, right outside of Full Sail. Okay. Uh, right. Cameron, Gar- Cameron Grimes cut a promo. It was actually a really good promo. He uh, blew off Damian Priest and then called out. Uh, whoever wins the double double title match on July eighth, because he's Spoiler saying alert. he's the uh, top contender. Okay. Yeah. Right. Spoiler alert: If you want to know, know who, who won, <laughs> there's an Instagram that accidentally got posted. Sorry, PC guy. Hope you were wearing a mask so you don't get double yelled at. Yeah. Oh, he has to be fired, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the main event was Io Shirai, Sasha Banks, and I will say for. Let's call it 80% of this match. It fucking ruled. Like, from the jump, it was awesome. Uh, Sasha basically relived her NXT TakeOver Brooklyn intro. She was driven out in a car. Uh, With her was uh, Bailey. Bailey with her Corgi, which I thought was a fucking 10. (laughs) Nice little bit of presentation. Um, Okay. They had a really dope match, including one of the craziest uh, spots I've seen in the uh, post-COVID era, which was Sasha did a sunset sunset flip powerbomb to the floor on EO, and as EO came to the floor, she hit the plexiglass ah. on the uh, on the ring barrier. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. 
definitely a crazy spot. So um, the other 20% was some overbooked shenanigans at the end, I'm guessing? Yes, because... Uh, because uh, Io Shirai ended up winning due to ear- interference by Asuka, because Asuka came out and blew mist in the face of Sasha Banks. Are they in a feud? Not right this minute, but sort of they are now. Okay. And yes, in case you're wondering, they have just done find and replace Kairi Sane for Io Shirai. Right. We need another Asian chick. Who's yeah. your Oscar? Yeah. She's a champ. We, we broke our Kyrie. We need another one. Oh, we well, already have she... a Kyrie at home. Oh, okay. Hasn't she been cleared? Um, according to what Fightful was saying this week, she went to Japan and has not come back. Oh, she went. I thought she was going to no, return she, to Japan. She has, and that's mm. about all we know. Okay. Well, that was fun while it lasted, Kyrie. Yeah, uh, and Thanks apparently her deal is up not long from now. Okay. So we'll see what happens. And so her last appearance was getting murked by the uh, super dangerous Nia Jax. Yes. Bummer. Yeah, yeah, murked multiple times by That's multiple women. Yeah. So uh, would not be surprised to hear that uh, Bushi Road uh, backs up the Brinks truck to uh, one evil slash Kyrie residence. Wait, what? I would not be surprised for Bushy Road to hire her to make her the face of Stardom. No, 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 no. She's married to evil? Yeah, you didn't know that? No. What? Yeah, Kyrie's married to evil. That's a weird pairing. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, I thought we had talked about this before. M- maybe somehow yeah, yeah, yeah. it slipped out of yeah, my cause, mind. Um, because, like, the week after that came out, uh, Mara Ranallo was really, really hamming it up. Like he was talking because like the um, everything is evil in NXT. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. Mm. Uh-huh. Man, I totally I, I'm sure we have talked about it. It just totally slipped my mind. And that is just bizarre. Have they have they been? Or to, wait, uh, or is it EO that's with evil? Ah, fuck. Am I am I Vince McMahon now and I'm confusing the Asian women? <laughs> Don't hold me to that. Don't hold me to that. I will look it up after the show. I'm Listeners, feel free to yell at me now. at Roughhouse FGW. Yeah, good. <laughs> okay. Um, damn it! If my racists, what happened? <laughs> uh, um, Forty minutes into the show, and I'm reckoning with my own racism. Let's see. Uh, at least I didn't confuse personal like... life. Uh, no. Okay, I don't think. <laughs> I think it may have been EO. Hold on. Eo, um, clicked on. Oh, it is Eo Shirai and Evil, okay. not Kyrie and Evil. I, I I just looked it up. It is, it is uh, Eo and Evil. My bad. Yeah. There you go, yeah. folks. At least I, at least I didn't confuse a, a a Korean worker with a Japanese worker. I confused <laughs> two Japanese. I I literally did find and replace in my brain like WWE is in their storytelling. I mean, I think EO and Evil makes a little more sense to it, me. Yeah, that does Kyrie. make a lot more sense. Okay. All right. My bad. I'm a terrible person. No, you're forgiven. It's, uh, you know, it's okay. They were both part of the Black Lotus triad, so. That's true. Triad. Triad. Who was oh. the third one? Uh, was that Iwatani or was it someone else? Yeah, fuck. Uh, I don't remember now. Hold on. God damn it. Um, Lucha Underground. Uh, 
I'm, I'm now I'm ashamed for not knowing uh, Black Lotus Triad members. Uh, Kyrie Hojo, Iyoshirai, and Mayu Uwatani. Yep, yep, you're right. All right, there we go. Gun to head though. Could I play, could I find Mayu Uwatani in a lineup? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, next to the others. <laughs> you know what? That's fair. I am you know. I am more accustomed to what uh, uh, Kyrie and Eo look like because they've been on my TV a lot more. I don't Man, follow Stardom anywhere. Such a badass like photo. Yes. Yeah, they are super dope. That one, and they only had one match, and it was with yeah. Pentagon. Yeah, and Highly, but if you can find that online, yeah, do it. check that out. It's, awesome. it's it's really fucking great. It's it's uh, I am not as well versed in lucha as Chris is, but that's one of the things I made my time to check out. Yeah. Um. So that was Great American Bash Week One. It sounds like Week Two. We've got the six man tag. We've got the street fight. We've got the double title match between Adam Cole. Is there a um um Keith TikTok Lee. guy? Uh, nothing with Karrion Cross. I was literally thinking about that to, that today, that Karrion Cross has just kind of been turned into another guy again. Like, I mean, it's just another another instance of WWE getting behind someone and just going, eh, he's a person. I would imagine he has to be getting the next title push against said person who wins. On this program, title. it was Cameron Grimes that was getting the next title match. Um. Well. I mean, that, was, he, that was just him calling out. It doesn't. Yeah. That's not Regal giving him a match. Fair, fair point, fair point. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it seems like they they put all this stock behind Cross. There has to be something that happens. There has to be smoke to the fire. Yeah. Yeah. Or or not. <laughs> you know. <laughs> we shall see. And speaking of things, we shall see. We shall see how that turns out next week, as as it also compares to Fighter Fest, because Fighter Fest Week One was really damn good week two suddenly a little bit weaker but we'll talk about that in just a moment let's talk about how week one went live on tnt fighter fest kicked off with a tag team excuse me a tag team match lucha boy uh, lucha boy <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> jungle boy <laughs> yeah yeah my job is to talk good into a microphone well, if it were a job, you'd be getting paid. Fair point. A reminder <laughs> that, again, Chris gets all the Patreon money. That was the condition of you joining the show. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I'm sure if Chris, and I, if Chris and I ever compared salaries, it would even out in the end anyway. <laughs> mm. <clears throat> anyway. <laughs> I've made Chris visibly uncomfortable. There you go. I don't go, think, video, uh, video I don't think there's much evening happening over there. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, uh, Jungle I Boy. Better apartment. <laughs> <laughs> Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus of the Lucha Express were going against Jurassic Express. <laughs> Fuck! Ah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Lucha so, Boy Jungle Boy and, Jungle and Luchasaurus Soros. of Jurassic Express had a tag team match against Wardlow and MJF, and That's it was fantastic. Match. That's the match that happened. It was really yeah. fucking good. I've actually seen some people say that this was their favorite all-in-all segment in AEW TV, period. Per- mm. which, felt, which feels like strong praise, because there were things like the, the um, 
just this year alone, you know, you had like the Iron Man match with Pac and Omega and um, there have been a few tag title defenses by uh, Omega and Page and, um, you know, Phoenix versus Nick Jackson and, and, you know, things like that. But it was a damn fine match. Uh, it was really, 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 really good. And yeah. everybody had a chance to shine uh, in the mm-hmm. match. Uh, I think Wardlow and Luchasaurus really had the spotlight on them and both really uh, came out looking yeah. m- like two million bucks yes. uh, as opposed to a million bucks. Um, yeah. You know, the feats that those two big men can pull off athletically, mm-hmm. uh, super impressive. Um, you know, I, Wardlow or like I was Luchasaurus did like a standing shooting star uh, or not a standing shooting star, a back of uh, standing moonsault. Yes. I think um, Wardlow did like this crazy, awesome flying head scissors mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. gorgeous. Uh, uh, There's all kinds of Luchasaurus did a uh, Spanish fly. That's out right. Of Wardlow yeah. charging at him. And also there was a point where uh, Jungle Boy poison rounded Wardlow, which for yeah. those unfamiliar with the physics of the Poison Rana, it's really just, I'm doing a standing moonsault on my head while you come with me. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so hella, hella impressive uh, work there. It was, you know, it it, it was, it didn't overstay its welcome. It, it, it was really, it was just a, a fantastic match. Uh, also, MJF rocking the all pink gear uh, on Wednesday night, uh, yeah. including what appeared to be the world's most comfortable entrance robe. <laughs> seemed very uh very soft yes yes now that said because i'm me and i have my my problems with a very particular thing in promos i know mjf is uh is a hell of a talker the whole we're in a ratings war and uh not just luchasaurus's tongue is green and and all yeah. that i'm like oh god little uh little fourth wally two yeah. fourth wally for you yeah. Yeah. Has Deadpool ruined everything for you? <laughs> Man. You know what? It wasn't Deadpool that ruined things for me. The point that I hit my breaking point with Deadpool was and and this is this is something that I, I'm sure ninety percent of the people listening to this podcast have never experienced. It's guys at conventions who cosplay as Deadpool and then they take that as a license to be uh, Deadpool for an entire weekend. Yeah. That's gotta be exhausting. Oh my god! And it's not like there's just one. There oh, are no. multiple. It's like, look yeah. at me! I'm wacky and crazy, and you don't know who I am because I've got a whole face. It's like, uh, because again, this shows how long I've been going to conventions. In the early 2000s, there were dudes who definitely dressed as Jack Sparrow and lived as Jack Sparrow for a right. weekend, like you know, hard drinking, surrounded by women, yeah, you know? and. And the thing that was funny was as the years went on, you would see the patheticness of, like, the two or three guys who were still holding on to that character and costume. Right. Yeah, yeah. It went from quaint to sad real fast. Unfortunately, Deadpool hasn't hit the sad half. It's just been yeah. irritating from the jump and continues on. I gotcha. Yeah. But, yeah, so that that ruined that whole thing for me. Anyway, really good match. Really uh, love uh, the Jurassic Express duo a lot. Really love what Wardlow's becoming. He's definitely got to be a main event player for them in the next few years. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, and he, even though he ate the pin and Jurassic Express won. Yeah, uh, which I did not expect. Um, yeah. I mean, it's good that Jurassic Express finally got, you know, a win, um, but uh, or at least uh, an important win. Um, yeah. 
because the record's actually been very good this year. Thanks, AEW Dark. Uh, but, um, you know, it was, it was good to see them a pro- get a prominent win like this one. So after uh, this match, we had an ad for something that was very confusing. For the first few shots, I'm like, are they going to run Blood and Guts without a crowd? Right. Because there was a countdown and they're talking about how it was a special match. Well, we're getting the wrestling version of the Puppy Bowl as we're getting the AEW Dynamite Puppy Battle Royal. Sure. I mean, uh, my reasoning is that they're going to try and use this to eat into NXT's overrun rating uh, because it's happening after Fighter Fest goes off the air next Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, Aside from that, I can't really think of any reason why this is happening. (laughs) I have no idea. Uh, Maybe someone in AEW saw what the ratings for the Puppy Bowl were and just like, holy shit, let's try it. Yeah, but the Puppy Bowl has been happening for like 10 years or something. It's not a new invention. It's just weird that it would come up now. Yeah, I'm not sure what the logic is or was, but we'll see. Uh, Then we went back to uh, Daly's place where... Sorry. We went back to Daly's place where we had Lance Archer and Joey Janela fighting in the crowd. Uh, Joey Janela had some issues taking his shirt off, which seemed to absolutely crack up Jake the Snake. Joey had two fights, one against Lance Archer and the other against his shirt. Uh, and he lost both. Yes. yes. <laughs> I, I am, however, looking forward to that match next week. 100% agreed. Uh, Joey fighting for the honor of, of his wonderful lady friend, uh, Sonny Kiss, is something yeah. I very much can get into. Um, then we had a hype video for the match, which followed as it's Hikaru uh, Shida defending the AEW Women's World title against Penelope Ford. The way this match started, with uh, Kip getting ejected and then um, Shida going through the big running knee and the Falcon Arrow, yeah. I was wondering if that was going to be it. But yeah, it, it was not, though. It was a welcome surprise yeah. uh, that it went, well, it probably went close to 15 minutes, mm-hmm. um, and Penelope Ford looked real good. Real good. She she's uh, she's come a long way. I'm not sure he's working with her um, in their uh, training sessions. If it's Dustin, if it's QT, or yeah. or whomever. But uh, the work's been put in, and she's greatly improved and stood her own. And at a couple points, uh, you know, I thought, man, maybe she could win this. Yeah, a, a few more matches like that, and Ford's going to be just an absolute world beater of a talent. Um, my understanding, thanks Uncle Dave, is uh, basically the improvement in the women's division is a one-two punch. You have Dustin and QT working out with the ladies before the show, but mm-hmm. Omega is the agent, so he actually mm. laid out the match. So that's why the, okay. the match was probably as uh, near folly as it was, because Kenny Omega is the one sitting there going, hey, let's do this, and then do this, and then do this. Um, anyway, great match. Sheeta retains, and we r- roll on into what is becoming uh, a segment I... I will dare say is a guilty pleasure, but this version was entertaining <laughs> for all the right reasons. Uh, Taz breaking down a move and how the move oh, works. Yeah. I think this is a fun bit of kayfabe uh, where he explains why a move is supposed to work the way he does. So this time he's taking a look at the paradigm shift, John mm-hmm. Moxley's double arm DDT, and he starts putting over the move and that sort of thing. But then it turns into him putting over Cage because yeah. his head's too thick. <laughs> <laughs> These traps are too big for you to lock in the paradigm shit. Yeah, it's fucking. It was, it was a great bit of work right there. <laughs> it's a problem, Mox. He's dummy thick and he don't know what to do with it. I, I can't do a Taz accent. I, I, I know I can't. I'm not even going to try. 
then after this was the TNT Championship match uh, going in uh, at the top of the second hour, um, which uh, I was surprised. I honestly thought it was going to be an event. I kind of hoped it would, so I wouldn't have to watch it. Ah, stop uh, it. You would have watched it. Yeah, I would have. Uh, Cody <laughs> defending against Jake Hager. Uh, first things first, uh, Jake Hager appeared to have completely lost his gear, or yeah. someone told him tiny blue shorts is the way to go. And yeah. it wasn't. Damn it, American Airlines, you fucked up again. Uh, yeah. He lost the man's bags. However, well, not all of his bags, because his wife came out with them. Hey! Hey! <laughs> for no uh, for no reason aside to slap so Cody at one point in the match, yeah. um, I don't I I hate to be the person that judges people, but I'm going That's to. That's what we do on the show. I just I I can tell that as a human being, I would hate his wife. Like if we were in a room together, I would hate her. I yeah. just feel that way, and I, obviously I I have no strong positive feelings towards Jake Hager himself. So it's not just his wife. I feel that way about. Um, but yeah, it, um, the match itself has become this. Uh, I hate to say prototypical at this point because AEW is only a slightly over a year old, but it's the big Cody match. Yeah, and where you know there's the only thing missing was blood. Um, in terms I, w- of I was checklist. shocked he did not gig. Yeah, in terms of the checklist of big time Cody matches, that's what was missing. It was it just became this overbooked clusterfuck. Yeah, yeah. Again, and and, and like I said, uh, if anything, the the positive thing I can say about this match is that it went from a match I was actively dreading watching to a match I can go, eh, it was there and it happened. Like I can't sit here and say it was dog shit because I don't think it was. I just I went from being rage filled at having to watch a Jake Hager match to being just kind of empathetic about it. So something worked, I guess, question mark. Like it just, it was not for me and I don't like Jake Hager and I don't want him in AEW anymore. Like, and it's not even, it's not even, it's not even good heat. It's not even like, Oh, that's son of a bitch. I can't wait to see him lose. It's just, I don't give a shit. And neither does he clearly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's weird because there's been a number of X W W E guy versus X W W E guy matches. Um, but this one I think has been my least looked forward to, because a of Cody's history of overbooking these matches, b because of Jake Hager. Whereas you know you had the Brody Lee versus John Moxley match, mm-hmm. and those guys uh, have tangled in like the Great Shield Wyatt family matches of yesteryear. Yeah. Um. But it was fresh and exciting because they're different people now. Right. Whereas right. Hager is still basically Jack Swagger, mm-hmm. and. Cody, I mean, Cody's not what he was in WWE, but he's kind of settled into this pocket of being uh, AEW Cody. I don't, I don't know if that's coming across it, it, out verbally as it is in my mind, but um, it, it, it was just fine. And you know, I guess, I guess it was okay. I like, I'll give it a little better than fine because um, they worked okay together before it turned into the schmas. But yeah. I don't know if it's just his undying um, homage to Dusty for doing all these overbooked finishes, or if he feels like he feels like he needs to keep that, you know, uh, keep that going in his honor. Yes, yes. But it's getting a little exhausting. 
I'm with you. I'm with you. And of course, I just want to point out Cody came out wearing uh, a, a shirt that said the American Nightmare Cody in the Great American Bash font because Cody wants to remind the Internet and the entire world he's not mad. He's not mad. He's not concerned about what other people are doing. That was a great looking shirt, though. I'd buy oh, it. It, it, it was a very nice <laughs> shirt. It was a very nice shirt. But yeah, Cody's not mad. He's not gotten to. Um, he doesn't care what anyone no, else No ill will. Of. Yeah, no, no. He's cool yeah. with them. He's totally fine with them renewing the copyright on his name. Yeah. He's just fine without it. Yeah. Jeez, He's internet. He's Cody. He's yeah, fine being Cody. Yeah, don't worry about it. Um, anyway, <laughs> post-match, uh, Hager beat the fuck out of a referee who had a bad haircut, and uh, that was basically yeah. treated as absolute uh, heinousness, which is nice to see that, uh, you know, a referee injury is, like, treated yeah. with seriousness again. Christ, could you imagine if they did that in New Japan? Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, well. They would have no matches because everybody would be suspended for bumping the ref. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Red Shoes would definitely have a very, very high deductible at this point. Man, I, I want Red Shoes to come out with like a neck brace at some point to do a match after taking a bump the day prior or something. Just sell it, man. Come on. Yeah, yeah. I don't need you to go full on Hebner here, but, you know, give me give me a little bit. We had a Darby Allen video where he was skateboarding. That was, this was that was cool. A thing. It was a very, very John Oliver cool moment. Well, I will say the moonsault onto the yes. skateboard and then yes. you know riding it down the ramp is hella impressive. Yes, very uh, impressive. But what purpose did this serve? Yeah, who who, who is this for? The I, guy who's not booked on the big yeah, show. Yeah, uh, what the, you know? Am, am I showing my thirty-five years of age? I'm just like oh, whatever. <laughs> is 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 there like a 17 year old watch is going that fucking darby guy's dope like i don't know yeah uh, 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 I, I, I just was reminded of early jackass that's really what it was for me <clears throat> um, well until he um i was trying to think of one of the one of the stunts from the jack i just watched jackass 2 the other day number nice. two the other day that one there's too many bodily fluids <laughs> the, it, I, and i get it's called number two but there's I don't I don't do well watching people vomit because uh, it makes gotcha. me want to vomit and gotcha. there was a lot of that. <laughs> anyway, uh, Orange Cassidy then came out to sit in on a commentary, and by sit in on commentary, I mean he literally sat next to commentary. Yeah, put uh, his feet up on the on the table and just sat there, and I don't you couldn't even tell if his eyes were open because he had the shades on. Yeah. Oh, and before I forget, Chris Jericho was on commentary all night long. One coming out in an amazing Canadian blazer. Uh, yeah. Two. Proving once again that a four-man booth is even worse than a three-man booth, which in turn is not optimal because the best is a two-man booth. I think given the situation, Excalibur and Tony Schiavone took the back seat yeah. and only chimed in occasionally. But still, it, w- it was a bit too much. Yeah. And Jericho is super extra, too, as he often is on he commentary. Was. He was. And I-, I like it to an extent, but at a certain point, it's just like, ugh. Yeah, okay. just shut the fuck up and let the show happen. I get it. Come on, Chris. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Uh, so we had Private Party with Matt Hardy. Uh, they were going against Santana and Ortiz. Private Hardy? Uh, yes, Private Hardy, if you will. Um, I will not. Okay, understood. Um, <laughs> this, I thought this was better than the tribute match that they did for Matt Travis uh, at the beginning of the year. But there's still something about these teams where on paper you'd think they'd work very well together where it doesn't fire on all cylinders. The closest comparison I can think of, even though the styles are very different, are uh, Chris Jericho and CM Punk. 
Those are two guys yeah. that on paper they had a number of matches, and every time I was like, "Oh man, it's it's you know it's it's Punk and Jericho. I can't wait to see that." And it just was okay. Uh, I think also AJ Styles and uh, Kevin Owens have a similar issue. I was just going to say AJ Styles and a couple people in WWE yeah, yeah. have had have had that issue where this should be great, but definitely wasn't. Um, I thought this was it was good, uh, but yeah, it didn't it didn't click into that final cylinder where I was like, okay, this is yeah. uh, you know match of the year contender or anything like that. Um, it was fun, and you know I, I don't mean to keep picking on Private Party, but there's it's just there's it's something something that's not there something yeah. that's not quite there yet um i don't know if it's the transitions in between matches or whatever uh, i think this was better than even private party's last match which was what a couple weeks ago or yeah, the yeah. week prior um, it was them against the bucks right because that's where they uh, yes. had the knee injury the fake yeah, knee yeah, injury. yeah 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 so it was uh, three weeks ago something like that yeah but uh but yeah it, it, it was good just not uh not not it didn't live up to well, I guess it was a little bit better than the Cody Hager match. Yeah, uh, I, I I think my problem was also I came into it with hefty expectations because both teams against other teams have delivered very well, yeah. and just with each other, there's there's still something missing. I do think Matt Hardy, uh, if he's legitimately getting in the ear of Private Party, is is an excellent pairing. Yeah, uh, because you know he's literally been who they are. He's been one half of a spotty tag team and he can sort of guide them towards, you know, what they need to round off their game, which is what we're pointing out here, that there's there's still yeah. something missing. There's room for improvement. Exactly, exactly. Um, but, yeah, I was surprised a private party went over, but it made a little bit more sense uh, when we started talking about next week. But before we started talking about next week, uh, we had a quote-unquote pull-apart with Jericho and Orange Cassidy. And by pull apart, I mean six people had to hold back Chris Jericho while Pineapple Pete tried to stop Orange Cassidy and realized he didn't have to. Yeah, he was, <laughs> he was holding on to the collar of his jacket yes. barely, which I thought was a, a fine piece of work there. Yes. Yeah, I mean, you know, Jericho knows how to build a match. So, you know, after the tag match was over, he was talking shit about Cassidy, threw some water in his face or something like that. OC stood up and then, you know, Jericho needed to be restrained. Exactly. Locker rooms emptied. Blah, blah, blah. Exactly. Uh, I was already hyped for the match, so it wasn't even necessary. But OK, I get it. Yes. So we have the preview for next week's show. Of course, that's got Janella and uh, Lance Archer. It's Archer. got SCU against the Dark Order and Colt Cabana. Uh, it's got, as announced, a tag team title defense where the winners would be defending against Private Party. That was a new addition. We've got the Nyla Rose squash slash announcement, whatever that's going to be. Um, am I forgetting anything else? I feel like I am. Yeah, the big eight-man tag. Oh, Lucha shit, Bros yes. And Butcher and Blade against FTR and the Bucks. Yes. God damn. How soon I forget that. Um, but what was going to be the main event pushed back a week um, it, as John Moxley versus uh, Cage for the AEW title has been moved from Fighter Fest Week 2 to July 15th, which will now be Fight for the Fallen, uh, which this year, as opposed to uh, going against gun violence, will be uh, a fundraiser for COVID-19 relief. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's a smart move. Uh, I, I think it's yeah. the, the right move. My understanding is as recently as Wednesday, uh, Mox had tested negative for COVID-19, uh, as his wife, Renee Young, has COVID-19. Um, 
and they used a bit of the reality in the promo which followed because here comes Brian Cage and Taz to cut a promo and Taz talks about how you know John Moxley uh, said that Mox didn't want to you know he wouldn't be able to live with himself if he got anyone sick from a wrestler to a staff member that sort of thing yeah uh, he said he's you know keeps testing negative but he says Mox has tested positive for one thing the chicken shits <laughs> great a fucking line. line. It's a great line. And in Taz's delivery, yes. uh, just as good. Now, did this, because this kind of blurred the lines as well, did this annoy yeah. you in the Deadpool-y sort of way? Um, I thought that this was a good application of real-world scenario to kayfabe drama. Gotcha. Because okay. it wasn't like uh, he was saying, like, oh, you know, Mox doesn't want to put over my boy or anything like that. You know, that would have been that would have been one thing. He, he basically took the, the reality of the situation, which was Mox was not there due to COVID, and turned it into kayfabe idea that Mox is hiding behind it. Gotcha. And I, yeah. it, it, it didn't bother me as much. Now, what I thought was interesting was, so Taz says the line, you know, Mox, you, knew, you know if you, come, you would come here just like everybody else, everyone in this building, you'd be tested again because we don't run a sloppy shop. Yeah. So, people in W out. turns out uh, a they they might they might not have the least sloppy shop as they think uh, because there were non-tested folks that were in like the top level of Daly's right. place. Uh, but also, turns out that turn of phrase uh, really hurt decision makers in WWE. Oh, poor Kevin Dunn's feelings, yeah. you evil bastard. Yeah, who gives a shit? It's a yeah. war, bitch. You're going to counter-program. We're going to come at you. Anyway, Taz said that it doesn't matter when the match is, so come fight for the Fallen. Brian Cage will be taking the title from John Moxley. Yeah, Thug- I, yeah, go ahead. No, I'm, I'm still, still excited for the match. So, yeah, you know, I, and having to wait a week more just makes you a little more anticipated for it. And, you know, it in this world right now, I give them credit for not uh, going through with it at this point and taking the safer route. Yes. So then our main event was for the AEW world tag team titles, the team of hangman page and Kenny Omega defending at the best friends of Chucky T and Trent. And the match kicks off uh, (laughs) as we've got uh, best friends music playing. What's this coming down? What's this entering into the dynamite zone? Is it Cody's truck? No. Is it the vintage truck of FTR? No. It's a goddamn minivan. This, I love this so much. This was so fantastic. Just Trent's, or Chuck's mom. Uh, It's Trent's mom. Trent's mom driving a a minivan with Trent and Chuck right there, just letting him out. And then getting a getting a good luck kiss from mom. Uh, yeah, while, while Trent's trying to keep the the grumpy face on, the yeah, focus face on. Just mwah. postscript just for that. Don't know if you saw on Twitter. Uh, Chucky e. T posted a screenshot of his text with his mom, and I'm, I'm pretty sure it was legitimate because it was like dog photos and back and forth before it. Uh, at like let's call it you know 9:25 at night on yeah. Wednesday, just a text from his mom that says, "What the fuck? I could have drove you." <laughs> <laughs> I missed that. That's outstanding. <laughs> That's great. Not a but good yeah. luck. 
Not, yeah. not anything no, like that. No, but Don't that, get hurt. That what was Trent's shoot mom, Sue. Uh, because they, they cut to her in the crowd uh, yeah. dur- during the match as well, looking all concerned for, for her baby boy. Oh, yes. man, that's that's good stuff. That's wholesome family fun right there. Yes. So this was a damn fine match between both it teams. Really uh, Kenny Omega absolutely murdering himself to get uh, the best friends over, including a belly-to-belly on the floor where it looked brutal. like Omega just landed right on top of his fucking head. Yeah, that did. I mean, he's, you know, brings that New Japan style back with them of murdering your neck and head. Um, yes. Yeah, probably not the wisest uh, decision in terms of long term uh, longevity in your career, but right. uh, led to a, a fun point in the match and, you know, led to him recovering long enough for Hangman to get the heat and, uh, and fight his way out. There were a mm-hmm. good number of false finishes in here that, you know, I thought at any point could have ended the match, um, you know. Chucky and Trent you had a good uh, had a good run leading up to this match. Uh, you thought maybe they could get the the gold watch appreciation uh, uh, championship win here, but no. Uh, I think and I think rightfully so. Uh, Omega and uh, and Paige retained. Um, and yeah. but yeah, it was it was a really fun match. I quite enjoyed it. Now I, I will say I had a, a little bit of a, a bitter taste in my mouth at the end because I was just like, ah, oh, damn it! I really wanted the best friends to win, and I did. Yeah. I, I I thought I thought they had done so good in in this moment, and I thought we we had had enough of the Page and Omega story. You know, they were they were frenemies. They became buddies. They successfully defended the tag belts. But it turns out there's a little more juice in that squeeze there, as we found out yeah. post match. Before we talk about the post match, though, I did want to say. One segment in this match really underlined to me how badly I want when the time comes, whether one of these guys or both of these guys is world champion, TNT champion, whatever. I want a Trent and Adam Page feud. Those yeah. guys have great chemistry together. Yeah. And uh, I I thought their segments in the match in particular really stood out great. Also, I was surprised by the chemistry that Omega and Chucky e. T had. I didn't really anticipate those two getting on that well in the ring <laughs> yeah but those you know uh to trent and chucky's credit they've been pretty adaptable to yeah. the style of whomever they're fighting uh just shows you how uh, how talented those guys are yeah so after the match um by the way uh i do think this may actually be an important story element uh adam page securing the victory solo yeah. With the buckshot lariat. No last call. No Omega throwing in the V-trigger there to take out Trent. It was just Adam Page getting the pin. Uh, FTR comes out. FTR had been watching the match on the stage with beers. Uh, FTR gives a beer to Omega and Page. Page, of course, takes it and drinks it. And Omega pours it out onto the ringside area. And that, of course, infuriates FTR, which means FTR gets in the face of Kenny Omega. And here come the Young Bucks to try to settle things. And, wow, the ring's kind of split. You have FTR and Adam Page, and you have Omega and the Young Bucks, almost as if that'd be a really goddamn great six-man tag at some time in the not-too-distant future. Yeah, that was really well done. I liked how they did that because, you know, just planting some seeds to go to go forth from, and um, I'm 100% here for that. I think that match would be fantastic. Yes, yes. So, you know, maybe – 
I know there have been rumors of a trios championship. Yeah. Uh, but there's also been a lot of talk of we're not going to have all these championships and they keep adding championships. Right. Right. So I don't know. I don't know what to believe with AEW right. at this point. The the thing that was said last year and, and well, not last year. Sorry. It was beginning of this year uh, because this year has been long, infinite and dark. It's been a decade long. Um, yeah. Back in January on the Jericho cruise, Omega and the Bucks apparently cut a promo and said that the uh that they'll do a trios titles tournament at jericho cruise 2021 which a chris is still happening and b sold out look man um fuck did they sell out a cruise in 2021 even in the pre-covid era cruises were a disease ridden terrible idea yeah you're just you're trapped with people and you're spreading germs and dysentery and and colitis and diverticulitis and uh, all these other itises um and the itis because they've got buffets yeah all the uh, could you imagine the suit oh uh, stinky uh anyway yeah terrible idea but uh, hey it sold out um good luck yeah, good luck, Godspeed. People. See you in twenty twenty two. Yeah, I'll, uh, you know, I'll, now, I'll, 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 I yield my time. Have a great time. <laughs> Fuck you, Jake Hager, <laughs> and your dumbass wife too. <laughs> the Roughhouse Podcast is a weekly podcast. Follow us at Roughhouse SGW on Twitter and Facebook.com slash The Roughhouse Podcast. Become a donor to The Rough House at patreon.com slash The Rough House Podcast. And check out our videos at youtube.com backslash channel backslash capital U C E G J 2 1 N lowercase W capital G lowercase K capital P M lowercase L capital D N 7 lowercase C 3 lowercase R lowercase F U V Q. This is the, the Rough, House, Rough Pod- House, uh podcast with Justin and Christoph. That's it. Fuck Christoph. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Justin and my least favorite man on the planet, Christoph. And Marty? The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network. The WWE Network 999 with a six-month commitment is committed to you. Not just original WWE, ECW, and WCW programming, but original feature films based off of super popular franchises. That's right. We're giving you Stingblade. Mm-hmm. Hiding in the rafters. Mm-hmm. You got face paint on. Black trench coat, scorpion upon chest, face paint. What will the slow country fella do next against the authority? I just hang around in the roof a little bit. Have potted meat and raggers, hootie raggers. I might fall. This isn't the same one you guys use for Owen, is it? Sting, WWE Legends contract signee, returns triumphantly for an original WWE production. Stingblade on the WWE Network. Y'all not do that, that boy. Mm. Genders and fire. They're good. Look at Drew McIntyre. JTG, I agree with. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
Mmm, mmm, mmm. got it. I'm gonna his ass. We got a big butt. I want to bite her butt. Stingblade on the WWE Network. Available eventually. Mm -hmm. We're running out of money. <laughs>